This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. Well, I've been following a website not having any idea who the person was that was behind it. Christian website, commentary website, very biblical. And I came to find the testimony of the person who founded the website, and I want to share the opening story with you. It's powerful. It's gut-wrenching. The man who is the person in charge of this website. Here's what he says. My name is Bruce Hurt, H-U-R-T. My father, Wilson, deserted my mother, Ruth, and her infant son, yours truly, before I was one year old. My father was an alcoholic, a gambler, and a womanizer. Thus, I had my first experience with rejection by an earthly father. My mother remarried when I was 10, and one result was my second rejection by an earthly father. The words that I remember most clearly my stepfather were pronouncing on me were these. Here's what he remembers about his second dad. That boy ain't going to amount to anything good. Isn't that amazing? That's his memory. That boy ain't going to amount to anything good. Bruce says this, fathers take heed and practice pronouncing blessings, not cursings on your sons and daughters. Thereafter, my stepfather never called me by my given name, Bruce. It was always that boy. Or at least that's what stays in my memory some 50 years later. Thus, my encouragement to we who are dads and husbands to continually beg God to set a guard over our mouths and to let no rotten pronouncement be spoken over our children or our wives. That's an interesting statement. Let no rotten pronouncement be spoken over our children. Recently, I heard a, a person talk about asking this rhetorical question. As a parent, do you speak words of protection over your children? I thought, what a, what a question. Do we speak words of protection spiritually, protection physically, protection morally? Protection psychologically over our children. And I think there's something to be said about that, of what we speak over our children. Now, I had no idea for months and months looking at his website that he went on to become a doctor. In Texas, I think he's a pathologist, if my memory's correct in, about his biography. Now, you want to go full circle here. I'll come to this. Later on in life, he would find Wilson, his biological father. And he found that Wilson, this was before Bruce was a Christian. He found that his dad, Wilson, became a Christian. And his dad who left him, who abandoned him when he was less than a year old, was witnessing to his son to come to Christ. What an interesting story. And so the Lord would use his biological father to help lead him to the Lord. And that is a powerful website, biblical teaching. Here's what I want to talk to you about today. The words that were spoken over him had an impact. 
Today I'm going to read some words from the book of Ephesians, a new book that we're studying. It's going to change your life if you really believe what the Apostle Paul says about you and about me. I really believe that. Well, I don't know if you've ever thought of words that are important to your identity and who you are, but I want to talk about the words chosen, uh, redeemed, forgiven by Christ. All this week on Crossover, our website is crossover.org. The words that were spoken over him had an impact. Today I'm going to read some words from a, the book of Ephesians, a new book that we're studying. It's going to change your life if you really believe what the Apostle Paul says about you and about me. I really believe that. It's in the book of Ephesians in the New Testament. We're just starting it today after fi finishing 17 messages from the book of Jeremiah, my favorite book of the Old Testament. We're in Ephesians today. And let's bring it up. Verse 3. I want you to look for terms that you can use to describe yourself. You can use to describe your spouse, your parents, your children, whatever the case may be, who have come to know Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Think about that just for a second. I'm going to interrupt myself. He chose us in him before the creation of the world. God had an awareness of you that goes way back. To be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined, that's a big word, predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with, with his pleasure and will. I don't know what words have been spoken to you in your lifetime that have hurt you, words that have damaged you, and people are damaged by words. I believe that. Older adults even say you were damaged by the words that a parent or brother or sister used with you to describe you, and you still remember something hurtful said to you years ago, decades ago. But I want you to go home with words today like this. Chosen. Adopted. Redeemed. And those are words, get this, that not only describe your personality or something about who you are as a person, they describe who you are eternally as a man or woman who has been chosen by God. Now, I know this is controversial, this passage, because people say, well, it's talking about predestination, and Randy, you don't believe in predestination, do you? And my purpose is not to promote a position, but just to say, this is what the Bible says. I'm one of these people that goes for the obvious. What does it say? We're chosen. I'm going to go with, I'm chosen. It says I've been predestined, foreordained to do something, to be something. I'm going to accept that. I love what one author years ago, I think this was actually in the 1890s, by the name of A.A. Hodge, who wrote this, Does God know the day will die? Yeah. Well, he didn't say yeah. He said yes. That's me. Sorry. Has he appointed that day? Yes. Can you do anything to change that day? No. Then why do you eat to live? Well, what happens if you don't eat? You die. Then if you don't eat and die, then wouldn't it be the, the day that God had appointed you to die? 
And then he says this, quit asking stupid questions and just eat. I love that. Quit asking stupid questions and just eat. Eating is the preordained way God has appointed for living. And I think there's wisdom in that. So I'm going to read these scriptures to you. And verse 3 says, praise. Let's bring that up again one more time. I want to talk about this. There's a phrase in here that I don't want you to escape from. Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. When people talk about the word blessing, you know what most people think of? Somebody say it. Money. God has blessed us with money. God has blessed us with this house. God has blessed us with this car or these cars. God has blessed us with a boat. And that's fine to say that. I have no problem with that. But what Paul says in Ephesians 1, he's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. What's more important in your life than having a house or a beautiful home or a beautiful car, a beautiful boat, whatever the case may be, beautiful clothes, doesn't matter, is to have a spiritual blessing of a relationship with the God who made you through His Son, Jesus Christ. It's more important than anything. A spiritual blessing, like what? Verse 4, He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. Go right on into the next verse. In love He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. Now I want to stop right there. We do not have an appreciation for adoption that these people had, the the form of adoption under Roman law. Did you know that under Roman adoption laws, that if you were adopted, any debts that you had previously under your past family were erased? Anybody willing to sign up to be adopted today? Sure. We'd all perhaps raise our hand and say, yeah, I'll be adopted erase all our debts. But that was one of the things that happened with adoption. Your old life was gone, and your new life was in front of you. I think you know where I'm going with that spiritually. That's what happens when a man or woman comes to Christ. All things are new. The past is gone. Your sin is forgiven. It's under the blood under the blood of Jesus Christ. Why do you need to know that? Why do I need to know that? So you can survive psychologically? So you don't lose your mind in guilt? So you don't lose your mind in grief over your past? I'm so glad that God offers a forgiveness that's beyond measure. Beyond measure. I don't know who Micah Cobb is, but he says that the average American is exposed, get this, this is really fascinating to me, to 250 to 3,000 ads a day. TV, radio, newspaper, magazines, billboards, internet. So in other words, he's done some configuration and he figures that the average person sees or hears 
250 to 3,000 ads per day. You know what you need to hear and what I need to hear? I've been chosen and I've been adopted and I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed by Christ, and I have forgiveness of sins through Him. Most important verse, I think, is verse 7, if we can bring that up. In Him, we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Isn't that amazing? In Him, we have the redemption through His blood and the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the richness of His grace. Well, what's interesting, this is the first message of the Ephesians series. It just may be the most important message. Continue to listen tomorrow to Crossover. That's crossover.org. Eric Danielson writes about his early days as a youth minister. I don't know where Eric lives now. He said, when my wife Amy and I graduated from college, we each had over 10000 in debt. That's mild compared to students now. I know people who have 100000 in debt in student loans. It's unbelievable. For it was a heavy burden for a youth minister and his wife who was still looking for a job. So we began paying the lending companies for my debt. And at the time, it felt like a big payment. What made it worse is that we knew it was only half of what our payments would be. After a few months, we hadn't seen a bill for Amy's debt. And though this was nice and convenient, we knew we couldn't ignore it. So Amy called her parents to get the bank information and get things set up for us to begin making those payments. But when she called to do that, they said, well, Amy, to tell you the truth, we looked at how much you'd end up paying in interest, so we just decided to pay the whole thing off for you. Really? She said. The debt's already paid? Yes, it was. We thought we'd have to pay twice as much as we were already paying, but in a few moments, all that weight was lifted. Her debt was completely gone. Would you transfer that over to the sin debt in your life and in mine? That all the sin we've ever committed, it's under the blood. And you say, do you really believe that, Randy? I do. Why? Because the Word says so, and I believe the Word of God is true. That when Christ died on the cross, my sin debt was paid. Does that mean I have a blank check to do whatever I want? I didn't say that. We stop sinning, Paul would say, because we have been forgiven. We put our, our lives under the Lordship of Christ. But I just want you to know the debt has been paid. The debt has been paid, and somebody who's here today needs to know that. You need to know not a school debt for ten grand has been paid, but the eternal debt of sin has been paid. I don't know what this passage says to you, but I want you to go home with this. You are chosen. You were adopted into the family of God, and you're redeemed. Three big terms. Redemption always presupposes bondage. That if I've been redeemed, then something's been paid for my redemption. And your redemption, my redemption, was covered by the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ on the cross. And you need to know that, and so do, so do I. And it all comes through the cross. 
I've been amazed at what's going on theologically in our country today, and that is a minimization of the cross. Did you know, I, I just read this this week at a church on the West Coast, a new mega church that was building their building. This is what I read. They didn't want any crosses in the building. That's what they told the architect. No crosses in the building and no crosses outside the building. And you know what their logic was? We don't want anybody to think in terms of weakness or failure. Isn't that amazing? The one thing that gives us hope, the one thing that gives me forgiveness, is the one thing they said, we don't want that in the building, we don't want it outside the building, we don't want anyone to think about weakness or failure. I'm glad that Jesus is not ashamed to talk about the cross. And I'm glad that the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, talks openly about the cross and the redemption that we have through his blood and the forgiveness of his sins. We close with a powerful story tomorrow on crosshope.org. And I want you to know that you have a seal on your life. You were bought with the blood of Christ, chosen by the Father, redeemed by the Son, and you're sealed by the Holy Spirit. Meaning what? There's a mark on your life in 2020 that you may have never thought about. You are sealed that you have been redeemed by the blood of Christ. It may not have much significance to you, but it needs to. It does with me and it should with you as well. That we, know, we have been sealed by the, the Holy Spirit of God. There's a girl that grew up in Vietnam. I'm going to tell you her name. Her name is Kim Phuc. P-H-U-C. You say, who's that? Most of you have no idea who I'm talking about. But you know what? When I tell you about her picture, you will all remember her. Most of you will. Do you remember a famous photograph during the Vietnam War where it showed a group of children running outside of Saigon where there was napalm firebombing of the city? And in just plain as daylight, there was a young girl running with her clothing had burned off, and she was burned on her arms and legs. That was Kim. And that picture is forever in the minds of many people, because particularly those connected with Vietnam, of the memory of that period of history. A lot of people, whatever happened to her? Whatever happened to that girl? Well, I'll tell you what happened to her. She said on June 8, 1972, I ran out from a temple in my village, South Vietnam. I saw an airplane getting lower and then four bombs falling down. I saw fire everywhere around me. Then I saw fire over my body, especially on my left arm. My clothes had been burned off by the fire. I was only nine years old, but I still remember my thoughts at that moment. You know what she thought of as a nine-year-old girl? I would be ugly and people would treat me in a different way. My picture was taken in that moment on road number one from Saigon to Phnom Penh. After a soldier gave me some drink and poured water over my body, I lost consciousness. Several days later, I realized I was in the hospital. I spent 14 months and had 17 operations. It was a very difficult time for me when I went home from the hospital. Our house was destroyed. We lost everything, and we survived day to day. 
Now, here's something I didn't think I would hear about from her, but here's what she said. The anger inside me was like a hatred as high as a mountain. Never heard anyone put it that way. Never known somebody, or is it you describe, would be described that way? Hatred as big as a mountain. I hated my life. I hated all people who were normal because I was not normal. I really wanted to die many times. Now, here's the story, part of the story you got to hear. I spent my daytime in the library to read a lot of religious books to find purpose for my life. One of the books that I read, believe it or not, was the Bible. On Christmas 1982, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. It was an amazing turning point in my life. God helped me to learn to forgive the most difficult of all lessons. It didn't happen in a day, and it wasn't easy, but I finally got it. Forgiveness made me free from hatred. Somebody came to hear that sentence right there. Forgiveness made me free from hatred. The only word that's going to release you of hatred of somebody in your life is the word forgiveness. It's true with me. It's true with you. Our website is crosshope.org. You've been listening to Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Cross Hope is listener-supported and is produced by Cross Hope Ministries, Incorporated.